Hi, Malkador. I'm Isander. And I'm Coda. And today we are going over the sketchiest person in the entire Imperium. The absolute sketchiest it, guy. It, honestly, probably the sketchiest person in the galaxy. <laughs> He's got a lot. It, there's a lot of contenders. There's a lot of contenders for that. So I will let you guys decide. You guys also get to decide the next video. Your options are the White Scars and the Raven Guard. So far, it's been neck and neck with the White Scars always being the first comments. Really <laughs> funny. But then, the Raven Guard win out of nowhere. So, it's up to you guys to figure that out. <laughs> They're both playing by their themes, which is it, awesome. I, it's fine. Ever since the beginning, I've been seeing Jagatai Khan and the White Scars as some of the first, if not the first comment. <laughs> so, I... I I, it couldn't play out better in my head. And you, then and then the Raven Guard just come out of nowhere to assassinate that idea. Well, I don't know. Maybe. We don't know yet. It's up to them to decide. Uh, we also have a bunch of bonus episodes on Patreon. You can also uh, have a heavier vote over there and help us keep the show running, as well as a bunch of other perks. I'm talking Discord access. I'm talking Community Day streams. I'm talking perk after perk. It's probably the best value patreon out there and that's why we've buried our episodes on the modern custodies and valdor so if you want to go check those out and help us keep the show running head on over to patreon.com slash isander and coda now let's get into the character who has always been to the left of the emperor <laughs> it, not in every piece of art but He's there somewhere. He's the most consistent of the bunch. He's he, there somewhere no not he's, even not even he's not in the final uh, confrontation art but that's because Something else is happening. Oh, we're, we'll get to that. We'll get into it's, that. It's 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 <laughs> one of the saddest things in all of 40k. I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, I, I I saw this comment over and over and over again. And ever since Malkador was first mentioned, I he just said, "I don't know if you have. I don't know if you will. But you have to read the end and the death. You just have to. You have to. Period." I've seen that comment everywhere. I've seen that person since the very beginning. So I did. I did check it out. I did refresh myself. So worth it. So worth it. Dan Abnett, he really close to crying, really close to crying. <laughs> Downside is it's the end of the heresy, so you really can't start there. Yeah. I can't recommend anyone start there. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. you are dumped into the end, the, the last chapter of this really compelling story. Everything has already happened, and like there's a little bit of setup. You can get characters pretty well, but whew, it's tough. It's tough. But regardless, it's it's one of the many places where you can hear a bunch about Malkador, and it's one of the saddest, but we'll get to that later. Today we're going to the happy portions, because they were buddy-buddy for a while, him and the Emperor. Um, whenever he needed to vent, to confide, to run a plan by someone, it was Malkador who was there. And you have to realize the magnitude of that, because... Listen, we've all had friends. I'm assuming you have friends. I have friends. It's how it works. I would hope you have friends. Uh, <laughs> a key part of a good friendship is somebody who can keep up with you, you know? There's nothing more infuriating than I'm talking to you. I'm giving you idea after idea after idea. And it's a wet fish staring back at me. Every so, every so often it'll give a blub. Yeah. Yeah, you a good friend is somebody who challenges you to grow. Somebody who you, you can't say eh, you know, right? Like neck and neck a little bit. There's a reason every video game ever has a rival. It, it's just it's just the way it works, right? It's for guys specifically. I've noticed male friendship needs that almost not competitive edge to it per se, but it's you are who you surround yourself with. It's the listen, I can kick your ass in MK. I can't. He, he can't. That's, can't. that's a Fact, he can't. I promise you that now. <laughs> so the the significance of me saying Malkador is the Emperor's friend in that regard cannot be understated. This is a 
I don't want to call him a human. I don't know what else to call him. But he's something that the Chaos Gods have referred to as anathema. He is a being that has existed for thousands of years in so many different forms and has interacted with humans in 101 different ways. He's a guy who can punch through about 10 brick walls and still have 10 more to go without any problem. It's jarring how far beyond the your average mortal the Emperor of Mankind is. And Malkador, who's just a guy, maybe, <laughs> can keep up with him. This This person who is shaped like a human, but... Well, 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 I suppose we should get to where Malkador comes from to deal with that. Um, he comes from a crew known as the Sigilites. That's why you hear Malkador, the Sigilite. The Sigilite. Exactly. It's, it's on the tin. Yeah. Their job was to safeguard, organize, and preserve memories of the past. It's, it's a very fun gig. It's why I, I saw this piece of art of Malkador where he's got the Mona Lisa in the background. I think he has the... I. If memory serves, I could be wrong. I'm usually right on this. I think he has the Rosetta Stone. The Rosetta Stone? Yeah, not like the the software, the actual thing. Well, I mean, obviously. yes, yeah, <laughs> just the software. It's a copy of. To be fair, it's a 2003 copy of Rosetta Stone to, for Windows Vista. <laughs> to be fair, in the 30th in 30K, that's kind of a relic now. Oh yeah. So it it's could be relic, that one. It's a relic right now, which means thirty thousand years from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, twenty-eight thousand years from now. Do some basic arithmetic. Thirty-ish thousand years. Yeah. From now. Yes. So that that's his whole gig, and that's where he comes from that we know of. He was back with the emperor back when he was just a warlord with a weird haircut. This was before the. I mean, don't get me wrong. He still appeared. Very divine. He still hit like he was very divine. There's no debate. He did unite Earth fairly fast. However, at the time, there, there was there was a window of time where the Emperor was like, I will conquer the galaxy and unite humanity. And everyone was like, okay. okay. All right, buddy. You and what army? A <laughs> worse question has never been asked. <laughs> like I said, this is a man who's only human-shaped. He's still... What's going on under the hood? Exactly. And so Malkador's always been there by his side, reminding him of the lessons other people have already fought and earned so that, you know, he doesn't repeat the mistake. Like, hey, don't do that. Hannibal's already done that. That's his gig, at least in the very, very, very beginning. There were a bunch of sigilites. There's only now one sigilite. That is probably the emperor's fault. I'll be honest. <laughs> he's done a lot of... He's, he's, he's eliminated quite a few things from the galaxy for his larger, grander vision. So the sigilites... There's only one thing that really could have done them in, and that one thing is very relevant today. Mm-hmm. Um, if the other sigilites were as freaky as Malkador, as long-lived as Malkador... We may never know. Because, like I said, there's there's the one Sigilite. And so, for all intents and purposes, Malkador is kind of the last of his kind. This is also part of why he's so sketchy. He's really dodgy. There's a lot of shadow and mystery around him, which usually is, in 40k, if there's shadow and mystery about something, it's because they want a model to come out at some point. <laughs> I'll be real. Like, a lot of the time, if it's like, this figure has vanished mysteriously and may return someday. It's, it's going to come back. They're going to announce a model and it's going to sell a lot. Yep, it pretty much sell out immediately. This one is not that. Malkador as a person needs to be sketchy. He needs to be sketchy. And so having his backstory shrouded in mystery 
We're never going to get a Malkador model. That's just not... Let me be real with you. We're never going to get one. Ever. That's, that's why you don't see him in a lot of the Emperor's art. Because a lot of the Emperor's heart is him in, in combat. combat. Or about to be in combat. And frankly, Malkador can hold his own, but that's not his strength. No, not one You'll bit. see Valdor in that art a lot. You'll see a bunch of custodians in that art a lot. You won't see Malkador very often. Malkador is a sketchy guy in a trench coat. And so that's why his... You need to be worried more that he's going to pop open the trench coat and show you something you don't want to see today more than he's going to whip a sword out or a gun out and mug you. Yes. Everything about him is duplicitous. Even his age doesn't... He looks very old. He does. There are several times in the story he does not move like he's old. (laughs) There are also several times in the story where he does move like he's old. So we... It's really tough to tell. Everything about him, his past specifically, and his true nature, is so up in the air it could escape our atmosphere at any moment. It's really, I mean, really weird. I've seen art pieces where he looks like he's just tossed something, and it's like a full like toss. And then I've also seen art where he's just like gripping onto his staff as if that's the only thing supporting him. Oh yeah, and we'll get to his physicality too later. That'll become relevant. It'll actually become very relevant. So keep <laughs> keep put, put a pin in that. Um, for now, the main things people contest are that a he's a sensei. Which, if you say that Malkador is a sensei, I know immediately you have a few gray hairs. <laughs> I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But it is it is pretty old lore. It's pretty much retconned at this point. Uh, they were the emperor's kid, like kids by blood, not by test tube or weird warp chicanery like the the Primarchs. <laughs> Fully related to the Emperor in every way. And if you look at the Emperor, yeah, it looks like you could start a hair metal band at any moment. But that works for some people. So him having kids is not the most outlandish thing. Plus, I'll be honest, a lot of modern Emperor art is him as a skeleton on the throne. There are plenty of artists who have taken it upon themselves to uh, modernize him, let's Furnish call it. his assets. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with modernize him. And whichever variant you subscribe to, moral of the story is, if he wanted to have kids, he could. So it's a thing, but it's not a thing that's really relevant anymore. Uh, a lot of the themes from the sensei are still around, but do, you have to remember, this is old 40K. The Illuminati was present. The Illuminati was an active thing. They just had Oprah Winfrey running around. I'd love to see an interaction between Oprah Winfrey and <laughs> the God of I love I love the Illuminati allegations because it's always you're fine you're normal you're normal and then you get too wealthy and it's Illuminati immediately, Ugh. no shot. Regardless, uh, <laughs> that's one possibility. Another is, you know the way the Emperor himself is also shrouded in a ton of mystery. We're not sure what his real nature is. One of those theories is he's twelve shaman in a trench coat. The theory around Malkador is there was a thirteenth shaman who didn't get shoved in the trench who coat. couldn't fit in the trench coat. Frankly, and now he's running around. <laughs> Again, that's pretty old. Not, it's dubious at best. But some people do think that. And the more canon, the more modern one is he's just a perpetual. They're people who live forever. They they just don't die. It's on the name. They don't die. Yeah, except he got like eternal, eternal life, not eternal youth, which is, (laughs) you got to read the fine print, my guy. Yeah, yeah, that that can become a curse very quickly. Yeah. And so that's the more modern way. A lot of the sensei stuff got rolled into perpetuals, actually. Uh, they cleaned it up, reworked it. So that's the that's what we have for now. Uh, Games Workshop is not above changing things. I'll say that. So as of this recording, that's what we have. 
It could change in a year. It could change in two. We could find out the sensei are relevant. I'm going to eat my words. Well, when your lore has been going for 30, 40 odd years mm-hmm. straight, things are going to shift as writers go in. Eh. Mm-hmm. And yeah. honestly, I like the enigma specifically around those two because those two work best if they are almost unfathomable. And so that's why I'm okay with it. The um, inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. That's that's what those two. That's what just, those two are. That's in a just what they're just saying to each other over and over. And over. I'm, I'm, these guys were so in sync; it's unfunny. It's they were so in lockstep together. If Malkador made an order and the emperor didn't tell him to do it, the emperor would hear that and go, "Yeah, of course, do that." Yeah, that I I would tell you to do that. So when Malkador spoke, yeah, you listened. <laughs> You listened. He basically spoke with the voice of the emperor because a lot of the time, A, he would. He was just like, they, they'd psychically speak to each other across. The, so he would just be speaking with the emperor's voice. If not, he's the only being about as smart as him. So you still should probably listen to him. Which says a lot because there's not a lot of people. There's not a lot of people in my friend group who I'd trust to make absolute decisions for me. Mm-hmm. That's that's why that, that you see says what I mean? a lot. And I'm just like a guy. I'm a person, mm-hmm. not somebody shaped like a person who is the size of nine of me and oh, can like light up the sky as a lighthouse for an entire galaxy. The, the emperor is canon described having radiance that hurts to look at. And lightning arcing off of him at times. He's a figure that's incomprehensible by nature. He it's he's so powerful that all four chaos gods had to look directly at him to just cripple him. <laughs> now, to be fair, to be fair, people debate whether they wanted to kill him or not because the current setting sucks real bad. Maybe this was the plan all along. Regardless, he survived. That still says a lot. Yeah, it speaks volumes. And Malkador, the guy ish. It speaks volumes. Can keep up with him. Yeah, it speaks volumes that the guy-ish can keep up with him, and he's, like, on the same level as him. Exactly, which brings up a very valid point. If two of the three vaguely canon theories around Malkador are he's related to the Emperor in some way, he has to be a menace. He has to be. He has to be a menace. And he definitely is. He punches so far above his weight. He punches so far above his weight, it genuinely makes the Primarchs uncomfortable. I mean, think about it. Look at look at the emperor and everybody who surround he surrounds himself with. They're all really tall. Look at Malkador. Mm-hmm. He's keeled over, holding on to a staff like it's the only thing holding up to like holding him up, and he holds up to all of them. He holds up. No, he he surpasses a lot of them. Yeah, he he's got a unique place by the emperor's side. This guy, you look at him. Oh, it's an old wizard. Okay, cool. He makes a moon disappear into the warp, <laughs> and. Nobody else can do that, really. I mean, really. At least not as easily as he seemed to. Everybody else is just casting testicular torsion. He's casting moon disappear. Yeah, and that's just what he does with his wizardry. The other big thing is that mind. Because a lot of the institutions that are still holding up the Imperium today, for good and for bad, were by his direct hand. He... Because there's some fights that required the Emperor. There were some things the Emperor had to do. So he wasn't always micromanaging the Imperium. A lot of the time, the Emperor was like a... He was like royalty, and Malkador was like the Prime Minister. Where he's actually running the day-to-day, you know. But but there's somebody above him. There's somebody yeah. he reports to. And there's somebody who could, in theory, on paper, just come down and do the job too. So his mind, his work ethic, 
the amount of stress he took on while managing the whole Imperium, and it wasn't just managing, because that's really difficult, but managing is underselling it, because he was building it. Yeah, it's managing not- is just like, okay, I'm keeping this as is, this is running fine, but this is just like, let's let's just build upon this, let's like cre- create more stuff, let's do more with this, the, how can we grow this? The Inquisition comes from him, the Assassins come from him, a ton of the bureaucracy in the Imperium comes from him, and he did all of that without losing a single hair, which made Horus so jealous. They went gray though. Yeah, he, in all his art he seems to be gray, in all his art, so I don't think it was the stress that did it. Do you think he was born gray? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a Benjamin Button situation. <laughs> I really I really wouldn't be surprised. What matters is, um, I'm only partially kidding about it chafing Horus. The hair didn't, but Malkador's existence did chafe Horus a bit. Well, really? Did the hair not do it? No. No. Um, they had a very weird relationship. A lot of the Primarchs in Malkador specifically have a very weird relationship. Because Horus, pre-heresy, was really likable. He was really kind. But this was an effort. It was something he was trying to do. He would put himself out there. He would talk to all of his brothers. He would listen to them. He would be very amicable. Malkador at first fell for this, but eventually saw through and saw the insecurity at his core that would wind up eating everything that everyone loves very dearly, (laughs) putting them in a real weird spot. This insecurity would flare up a lot around... Well once really badly around Malkador because he's the embodiment of this insecurity. Because Malkador is a guy with the highest kill streak against any Primarchs. That's not a joke. Uh, there's a picture I have pulled up of you. If you could re- pull that up and you'll see pull, his chair. Pull, you'll see his chair. Pull up figure 1.1. Uh, 1. 1. Yes, yeah. and it'll be up on screen too. But you have to remember, the first one is Kurz because Kurz was killed by the hand of an assassin, which was something he created, right? So that's one. That's one. And then zoom in on zoom in on his armrests, please, on that chair. Ah, I've already noticed something very key about this chair. Have you, have you noticed the numbers on the... I have noticed the numbers of the chair. And I have noticed that they are the numbers that correspond directly with the missing numbers on the Primark chart. Yep. Hmm. So that puts his numbers at three, maybe. Or four. Or, or, or four. Or four. Or four. It could or be four. unfortunate. But moral of the story is, it, even if you don't want to count Kurz, because that, that I'll be fair, that is an extension of Malkador. It's still something he created. It's still a machine that he made that eventually wound up crushing that orphan, so... And I'll give, I'll give Kerr's fans some credit. He did let it happen. He did let it happen. Uh, and that's the first thing everyone ever says. He let it happen. But you also have to remember, his sons didn't let it happen. The assassin had to get through them. Ah. Uh-huh. So... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and they did get vengeance, so... It's, it's a tough thing to call a win, because that poor assassin was hunted by the Night Lord's... For the rest of their short life. It wasn't it wasn't fun. But moral of the story is that is a fact about Malkador that is already off-putting enough. It's already very off-putting. And then Malkador is put in charge of this council of other humans, and one of the first things they do is they start ripping down statues of Primarchs, specifically the two missing ones. <laughs> Which does not go over well with Horus. No. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Because by by this time, their names have already been stricken for, by the, from the record. Like, 
It's just, it doesn't make it into the... It's, it's Jover. They're gone. They yeah, didn't it, even exist. Bodes horribly for us. Uh, <laughs> their names are fully, fully expunged. And by the Emperor's own order, you cannot say them. It is a crime just to say them. It's and, a thought crime just to think about them. Eh, it's not, it's not that bad. But it's, oh, still, okay. it's, pr- it's still pretty tough. And so Malkador goes about doing... You know, his duty, and it's like, oh, let's get rid of the statues. Makes it, let's just forget about them altogether. And from Horace's perspective, oh, man, is that weird. (laughs) Because the Primarchs are very powerful. They still have petulant human emotions. That is a thing. That's one of the big reasons that causes the whole heresy problem. Imagine if you were so powerful, it was genuinely hard to find anyone to teach you anything or for you to train against you were so powerful that you would show up to a fight and turn it just by issuing a few orders and the only person above you is your actual father who is leagues more powerful than you and that's it everyone below you is human and then out of nowhere instead of you know well the crusade's over i'm going to be in charge now obviously because i know best your dad starts setting up measures that make it look like humans are going to be in charge of you Hmm. And then he starts erasing your brothers, hmm. who were lateral throws from you. What are you guys going to do to me? Horace went from thinking he will be the one who writes history to the sad realization that he's just the pen. <laughs> and that understandably really screws with him. Because if two Primarchs can be erased from history, all the good they did, along with the horrible thing they did, that can happen to me too. And this culminates in him confronting Malkador about this. And he's really getting amped up because he's, he's, in, he's in his feelings right now. And again, the Primarchs are people. They can get emotional. And to get a rise out of Malkador, he almost says their names. And before the air can leave his lungs, it is stopped. As Horus's whole body is held in place... And Malkador has an old, familiar grin return. Yeah. And right then and there, Malkador tells him, If you finish that sentence, I will unmake you. (laughs) And this is not an empty threat. Horus cannot move. His brothers have to intervene. And tell Malkador, hey, hey, uncle, uncle, please. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not Korea anymore. Please. <laughs> like in in that moment, it looks like, oh my god, he's just gonna have a new headrest. Makaro is just gonna make himself a new headrest <laughs> with Horace's number on it. <laughs> I specifically, I really like the verbiage of uh, unmake because mm-hmm. it's just like I was around to create you, and I can take you. I can take you out too. Yeah, it's I the, can unmake you. It's the parental. I brought you into this world, and you hear a belt crack. I can take you out of it. <laughs> and he says that to a demigod, by it, the way. It, yeah. And the demigod can't do anything about it. No, he physically, Horus, who at this point has probably not been overpowered by anything but his own brothers, is suddenly held in place by someone who's not even half his size. And his brothers have to like, whoa, please. Let's take it down several notches. He did not mean it. He was not going to say it. I swear. (laughs) And in that moment, you can very easily see why some people blame the seeds of the heresy being sown by Malkador. Because he was 
an uncle figure to the Primarchs. He was the only person close to dad in any way. And instead of seeing what Horus was in that moment, which is a child scared of being replaced... Instead of comforting him... He saw him as a general stepping out of line. Yeah. And... He put him back in his place. This, this, I'm not joking, caused Horus to spiral and learn everything he could about Malkador. Not a joke. Not a joke. Including maybe Malkador's true name, which I, I would pronounce, but it requires the back of the throat and I'm sick. It's Arabic. It'll be on screen at some point. I think it's Arabic. I'm not sure. Moral of the story is, he, yeah, it, this is a moment that stuck with Horus. Like, glue. It it was pretty traumatic. yeah. Which, yeah. so funny, so funny that Makarua can say that he has traumatized the Primarch. <laughs> um. <laughs> Not as funny that he may have been the progenitor of the Horus heresy, but, mm-hmm. you know, you take what you can. And and this is, this is doubled down by the fact that the Emperor had other super soldiers too. The Thunder Warriors were running around. They had their own Primarchs running around too. How did they all die mysteriously at the very end? Hmm. You, do you see the pit Horus found himself in? I could so see myself getting in there too. They had what before us? Yeah. Who orchestrated their downfall? Mm-hmm. Oh. And this is this is a consistent thread too in 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 Malkador the hero's life. Uh, Primarchs kind of step up to him a lot. Primarchs, um, he's a man in the presence of gods, and he's being treated as equals. Except these guys don't see it that way. And so on the very, very lightest end, you get some bickering, you get some subtle jabs. Like, oh, you know, here's Malkador, let me shake his hand about as hard as I could shake dad's. (laughs) Or, oh, this is Malkador, whoops, I got the dad's size chair, my bad, let me go get the tiny one. You know, it's it's said by Malkador that at one time or another, all the Primarchs have exerted their strength in his presence. It's something they seem to enjoy doing because he, his guess is they're resentful of the privileged place he has to the left of their father. Listen, if I was, if I was, how tall are they? They're like nine or ten feet tall. It, Malkador's half their size. It, yeah, that's, just, just imagine someone half your size. Yeah, if I was like ten feet tall, if I was ten, twelve feet tall, I would probably be a little bit, a little bit, little bit heated that... My dad's picking somebody who's half my size and, like, scrawny over me when it comes to, like, any sort of planning. Any sort of big planning. Mm-hmm. Listen, I am literally... I am half God. What... It, guy. That is just a guy. What do you mean he's going to be... What? No. No, and, no, no. And that's a key thing there. It's, it's a thought that Malkador has all the Primarchs. Even the nice ones. That means Vulcan probably gave him a hug a little bit too hard. Vulcan forged him a hammer. Oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. That's dad-sized, isn't it? <laughs> well, I'll help you put it up in your room. And and to be fair to the Primarchs, too, think about it from their perspective. If Let's say you got the con's speed. I'd be using it for dumb things, too. <laughs> oh, there's a guest at the door 30 feet away. Let me blink over there and shake their hand real quick and then blink back. You know? That'd be me. Right? That'd be it's me. it's yep. human. We totally... Or, oh, I'm playing chess against my little brother. And, oh, man, is he is he winning? And I have Horace's mind? Let me put him in check in every possible timeline. <laughs> you start playing... You start playing... You start playing... What is it? Uh, 40 or a hyperdimensional chess? 
Happy dimensional chess with time travel. It's a real game, very confusing. But on one single board. Yeah, it's it's the it's the universal playing a fighting game with uh, a sibling, and then you sit, you lean forward. <laughs> they talk a little bit too much, and you lean forward. <laughs> but that's at its lightest, right? Mm-hmm. Malkador's gotten it pretty bad. That's that's them just being petulant children, basically. The worst offenders are Lorgar and Mortarian. Mortarian straight up strangled him. Oh. And Lorgar smacked him so hard he shattered bones. Oh. Yeah. So that might be why he has a little bit of um, a cane situation happening there. You'd think. Fun fact. That's probably the closest those two have come to true death. Because, and I, I, I will make this argument all day, every day. Because the first thing is when this Primarch closes the distance between them and immediately wraps his hand around Malkador's throat, everyone would be thinking, oh god, how do I get out of this situation? Malkador is thinking, how much force can I apply here without just making this worse? Oh. Oh. That 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 is because because I mean the reason he strangles them is they're having an argument over uh, psychers, witches. Mortarian's a big hypocrite. It'll all come up in a different episode. Yeah. Moral of the story is there. He's he's big mad at psychers. Malkador's a huge psyker, <laughs> and so his exact thought process is, I could stop this, but he really hates psychers, <laughs> and if I used that to stop this, like how far am I willing to get strangled? Almost is the thought process here. And even if you don't subscribe to the fact that he could kill a Primarch, because some people don't, and it's a fair assumption, how do you think the Emperor would react? Oh, if you killed who? You killed his one friend. Yeah. So I don't care whether you think Malkador could kill a Primarch or not. If a Primarch killed Malkador... They're not getting away with it. They were so dead. (laughs) There was nothing that would stop the fury that would... You'd be an example. And my favorite one of this is Lorgar, because that's what happened to him. Because when, when this happened is, um, it's, it's first of all, very well-written scene. Lorgar, is, he's a televangelist's final form. He has this beautiful city, all worshipping the emperor. And the emperor, not a fan of that. The, he's a violent atheist. He hates it. So he sends Malkador and Gilliman to burn it all to the ground. Teach him a lesson. Lorgar sees this and is furious. He's asking, why are you doing this? And... Gilliman is just there staring at him, completely neutral, just kind of stone-facing him. It's like, listen, I was just sent to do my job. Yeah, if I remember correctly, he hits Gilliman first, and Gilliman just asks, are you done with your tantrum yet? (laughs) To be fair, a lot of other Primarchs would have immediately smacked Lorgar back for that, so he sent the right guy. Gilliman was, in fact, stone-facing him. Yeah, and when Lorgar is asking him, why are you doing this, and by the way, Primarch's fury is universally described as being horrifying to experience. So Lorgar's kind of losing it. His his composure is still there. He's described Lorgar is described as being handsome multiple times. He looks like the emperor apparently. Uh, but his, his the visage, his face, he's smiling, but it's deranged. Uh. It's like he's he's trying really hard not to let the fury out. Every ultramarine can tell, it's, and they're all tense. It's it's the it's the it's the has been hotel deviantart like Joker moment. I'm smiling, but am I smiling? It, kind of. Yeah. And it's so terrifying that even the ultramarines, the perfect formation, we must paint everything in ultramarine blue. That is everything we have to do. They're like 
breaking formation a bit and raising their guns and going, what 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 do we oh. what do we do if he loses it? Do what's we, coming? What's coming next? There are only two people who are perfectly calm, and it's Gilliman and Malkador in this scene. And when Gilliman Gilliman just answers, I was ordered to, which is not the answer Lorgar wanted. <laughs> and so he turns to, and I love the way that line is delivered too, because it's described as Gilliman is so neutral. People have heard automata that sound more empathic than he does in this moment. Damn. It, he delivers that line the same way you say, I crushed a bug. There's no emotion in his voice about it at all. This is, just, I, was, I was told to do this. There was a spider. There, yeah, there was a spider. And <laughs> this really winds Lorgar up. And Malkador has always felt for Lorgar. If there's one person he could save, it would have been Lorgar. So he's trying to explain, like, no, you did a good job here. It was really good. The problem is they were worshipping him as a god, and that's not... What? We don't want that kind of worship. And he's trying to tell this to him, and Lorgar's just constantly cutting him off, cutting him off, cutting him off. And the hero is still holding his ground the whole time, trying to explain this as Lorgar's approaching, saying, why, why, why? And finally he snaps and bats Lorgar, I mean, bats Malkador away. Lorgar's wearing full power armor and is twice his size. Yeah. Sends him flying. Yeah, of course. There is a wet noise, and for a moment there, everyone fears that he just died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would d- twice his size, full power armor, full force, pa. And Makador is just wearing the robes you see him in. Yeah, that's it. But after a few moments, you just see Makador get up, dust himself off, hold out his hand, and his staff flies to it like Mjolnir. And then he looks to the heavens, and everyone in their heads can hear, "He will not listen, not to me, my lord." And Gilliman automatically looks at the ground as a radiant light burns everything. And the Emperor of Mankind makes his presence known. Hmm. <laughs> He's just like, listen, he won't listen to me. Direct line to the Emperor. <laughs> yeah. Do you see what I mean? That is the argument. And I will make this argument any day of the week. The moment they laid hands on Malkador, I don't care if they fought Nurgle himself. That's the closest they got to death. That is the closest they got removed. Because the Emperor won't just kill you. You'll be removed from every timeline. Your soul is gone. Yeah, it's... (laughs) (laughs) And so I love love that scene too. Because they, they they have a way they denote when they're talking in their heads. And I just love the way it's just... He will not listen, not to me, my lord. And then Gilliman automatically looks. It's oh, just like, okay, I'm going to get blinded. Yeah, this is this, is this is all going to be blinding. But that's all pre-heresy. We haven't even gotten to the heresy yet. Yeah, he's done a lot. He's done quite a bit. I had a nickel for every time you have said, we haven't even gotten to the heresy yet. Mm -hmm. I would have two nickels, which is not a lot. But oh, both times have been jarring. Mm Mm-hmm. He's a very busy dude. The guy has to be mainlining Red Bull. There's no way he's this consistent without it. I don't see the wings. Yeah, fair enough. I'll give you that. (laughs) Uh, During the heresy, he had a lot to do, but it's a lot we've already discussed. Managing the day-to-day of the Imperium, um, preparing its defenses, helping oversee and manage when the Emperor was busy fixing the black hole Magnus opened somewhere in the Imperium. The Emperor had a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. Um, they, I, I actually really love this. One of the things Malkador does is he plays these practice... Ga- he's wargaming out the heresy with the Emperor. 
and it's a really fun and touching scene because you can see them play and this is I, I love this so much because the the only reason he's wargaming it out with Malkador is he's the only one who can play well enough. And so they play out the heresy in every possible combination, and it winds up with the Emperor having to berate Malkador, calling him a fool and nothing but a tool, just to get him angry enough to play as well as Horus can. I mean and and by the way, he's he's we've done this on a Patreon episode. It's really mean stuff. It, 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 there's a lot of people it changes how people see the Emperor and Malkador's relationship because of how vicious and cold he is but in that moment the Emperor doesn't need a friend he needs somebody trying to kill him I, I need to think this through in every possible way that I can he needed he needed Malkador to not just a lean forward he needed Malkador to whip out a mouse and keyboard that's exactly right and so that's a, a lot of what Malkador is doing throughout the heresy, is he's supporting the Emperor. And even his last deed is doing that, the deed that changed his name to, from the Sigilite to the hero. And that is sitting on the golden throne in the Emperor's place and keeping it running while the Emperor went off to end the heresy. This is an act that would burn Malkador out in his entirety. I'm not joking. He's ashes. Yeah. Very few characters are as dead as Malkador. And it is also an act that makes me incredibly weepy whenever I read it. Because it... Malkador's impressive. We haven't even covered the half of it, by the way. I've had to cut a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the emperor of mankind is something even further beyond that. One of the biggest problems... The emperor has is convincing people that he's not a god. That's the level that he's operating hat at. This is a guy whose hands have been described as being able, being so firm, I'm sure they could mold the galaxy itself. Like it's very, very, very big shoes. It's a striking figure who casts a shadow so long and so dark, it's taken the Imperium 10,000 years and billions upon billions of dead to not even live up to it. Not even close. And Malkador, a human, will sit on a machine meant for that. It's... Not because he wants to, not mm -hmm. because he thinks he can, mm -hmm. but because he knows he's the only one who can try. Yeah, and one of the most heartbreaking things is before this, um, the Emperor's on the throne, he's doing a lot of things. I'm talking, he's from the throne and he's described as doing a million things at once, from inspiring people on a battlefield to helping keep things duct taped here on Earth. He's constantly working and Malkador is constantly trying to reach out to him. And there's this touching scene where um, Malkador manages to get to wherever the Emperor is. It's a different plane of understanding and offers him a bottle of water. Like just... Dude, you've been going at this for a minute. You need, you need, you, do you need a sippy? Yeah. And the Emperor's like, thank you. Don't come here again. This is unimaginably dangerous. <laughs> do not do that again. I will arrive when I arrive. <laughs> and so this whole time you can hear Malkador thinking through the relationship. And it's, it's presented as a funeral procession almost. With a few loyalist Primarchs there helping him up the stairs. Because you've seen the art. There's a lot of stairs to get to that chair. Yeah. There's a lot of stairs. And <laughs> yeah. this is one of the points where Malkador's age is showing. Like, he almost falls and he has to be caught. And it's... 
uh, it's it's so sad because everyone in the room knows what's about to happen. Everyone and nobody wants to say it. Even the custodians who are taking him up because the way it works, the Primarchs take him up a few stairs. Then it's a whole funeral procession. Then the custodians, and then finally he goes up the last few to meet the emperor himself. And the whole time as he's doing this. The room is being described as full of light. That radiance the, imper- the Emperor always puts out. Just blinding in every way. And as Malkador is approaching, you're just seeing sigils leaving him like a swarm of angry bees. It's a mess. It's imperfect. It's barely decipherable. He's leaving notes everywhere on everything so that maybe a brighter mind can carry on his work. Somebody, somebody, anybody, please mm-hmm. read my notes and figure out what I was he, trying to do. He's reaching out to a few people mentally that he's chosen to continue what he's been doing. He's just... A hundred commands are leaving every second from Malkador. And the entire time, one of my favorite ones that he does is he, he inscribes a little sigil on a custodian's armor. And I guess there's something that gets on it at some point during the fight. And so, you know, take that off, i got to clean it. And he's like, no. No, this is a sigil from Malkador. He told me to keep it until I brought the Emperor back. Sarmer's not leaving me. <laughs> so he, he can even get the custody sentimental. Yeah. And this whole time, as he's hoping for a brighter mind to continue his work, the brightest mind in the room is ignoring all of it and staring at one person. There's no multitasking from the Emperor who's been doing so many things at once. (laughs) There is no regarding even his sons in the room or the custodies. He's only looking at this friend who he's had discussions with late at night for centuries now. I mean, it's millennia at this point. It's, he was present, ready and capable for all of the emperor's work. Down to when they first discovered the Golden Throne and figured out, I'm the only one who can operate this, to the night when they figured out, maybe you could. I mean, the Emperor created a son, Magnus, who was powerful enough to sit on the chair to avoid this reality. And it still came to pass. It's... Oh, it's so heartbreaking. It's heart-wrenching. And, and in that moment, he lets Malkador into his head and all Malkador can feel is sorrow. And he has to tell the Emperor quietly so nobody else can hear, don't don't be sad. Yeah. <laughs> and as he escorts Malkador up to the last step, this person who's been there since back when it was, it looked like a pipe dream up until now. And I mean, it wasn't just Malkador's presence that the Emperor is going to miss, but his input. Because up until this point, I have deliberately called him the Emperor. Not the Master of Mankind. Not, I suppose, Neoth, I guess. Um, none of that. It's the Emperor. And that's because that's not a name he chose for himself. It was Malkador who helped him figure that out. Hmm. Yeah. He's the reason we call him Big E. He's the guy who had that idea and realized that whether you like divinity or not, it works really well for uniting people. And so if you come off as this figure, it will help things move along quicker, no matter how much you hate it. And so as he's taking him up there, it, the excerpt ends with, I am old, I am tired, I sit on the golden throne. And that's it. And that's it. Yeah. And 
that is why this episode is probably going to be one of the longer ones because I could not read that and then curtail it all. It, it almost has to be there because in that moment, the emperor changes it from Malkador the Sigilite to Malkador the Hero. And that is how it is to be remembered for the rest of time. Because he didn't do this out of duty. He didn't do this out of, I shall serve the Imperium of Man. He did this for a friend. And as the heresy goes on, and as it's closing... Listen, the Golden Throne is a wacky thing. It's a very powerful thing. There's this vaguely canon image I love of Malkador's time on the throne. I think I have it up there for you. And it's him holding a barrier against just all four chaos gods bearing down on him. Canon, not at all. Does it do a good job of showing how difficult that gig is? Yeah, I think so. So it gets the it gets the emotion across. <laughs> Stop zooming in on Slanesh. I'm I'm trying to read what her shirt says. Stop zooming in on Slanesh. <laughs> listen, I can I can read Nurgle is reading Gardner's Warp magazine and Corn is just screaming. Zinch is like desperately pounding on the door. Just let me in. Let me in. Let me in. And I'm trying to read. Does that say Sigilate number one? I, hey, Slanesh would try and get in through charm, I suppose. Regardless, it's a one thousand and one courtly plots and intrigues. Oh God. I shouldn't have shown Made you. for I yo, shouldn't have shown you that picture. No. Oh my god. Oh my god, that is awful. Slanesh has got tattoos all over her that are like named it's like made for Belkador. That's horrific. That's horrific. We are gonna keep going. Uh so as he's doing this duty, he it's described as him finally getting to see things the way the Emperor does from this you're looking at creation, basically. You're looking at the source code. Yeah. <laughs> and as everyone's getting ready for the closing act of the heresy, the most heart-wrenching stuff is the Primarchs can feel Malkador holding up the throne, but they can also feel cell by cell he's dying. And Dorn mentions that he feels this unimaginable sorrow leaving Malkador, and... Sanguinius, I believe it was, is the one to correct him and go, that's not coming off of Malkador. And he looks just right at Dad. Yeah. Yeah. That is how much he is shattered by having to lose his friend. And that's why I've never ascribed to the whole, he sees Malkador as a tool thing. Because if he saw Malkador as a tool, he, he would not be, be sad over he it. would not be so sad others can feel it well think about it this way as well if the primarchs are able to feel malkador disintegrating cell by cell imagine what the emperor is feeling mhm mm imagine your one friend the one person who has kept up you've had this friend since elementary school you've kept them until you're f like in your 60s and you can feel them atom by atom just disappearing from this world and in a way that can never be brought back. Yeah. And so, I a lot of people debate when an entire bucket of it hit the fan. I like to think it was the moment Malkador touched that chair. Because it was all downhill from there. That That is what began the spiral into the darkest, most brutal regime imaginable today. Because you know how the heresy ends. It, the Emperor is effectively dead and wounded, and he's interred on the chair as Malkador is removed, more like dusted out of it, really. It's, it's not great. Yeah. But the 
the, the most heartbreaking thing is in in as they're entering the emperor onto the throne, he realizes that Malkador the whole time was still holding back a portion of his power to give to his friend the moment he got back in case the worst happened. That way he could give his last orders. Hmm. And so the only reason we have the emperor's last words is because Malkador held just a little bit back for the emperor to have. Just to donate to the emperor. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Isn't it a gut punch and a half? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Right? Because who knows, if he would have full sent, he might not have been dust. Well, that chair's a brutal thing. It's described as being painful for the emperor. Mm. So I'm not sure if he would have made it out after that, but it's still impressive. It's still commendable. Yeah. He was only giving 80% ass. He had 20% left to save. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, moral of the story is, by the end of the heresy, multiple brothers. It really, the tragedy of the heresy is it's a family shattered beyond belief. Their uncle is dead. Their dad is per petrally on a CPAP machine and a good chunk of them are dead and or missing afterwards and that's where the hero's story ends as far as we know again Games Workshop could change this but that's kind of it my my immediate my immediate listen I want the story to have a happy ending please 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 give me a happy ending is let his soul be somewhere stored in the golden throne and like either unbottleable, like we can maybe get him out of there somehow, or like he's chilling with the emperor, just vibing in. But I mean, um. that's just the beginning of the tragedy for the mm. emperor, by the way. Yeah, because now he's and I love it, too, because one of the moments we have of Malkador when he's still living and he's thinking is how he's thinking through the fact that the emperor hates the the emperor visage. He's seen the he's seen whatever the hell Big E is under all of that in every form imaginable. You see him a guy. It's described. I believe the direct quote is: "You see him as a man, a woman in between. You see him as a clown. You see him as a mage. He's seen him as everything possible. He's seen him contort himself to whatever visage would work the best. And one of his least favorites is the visage of." The emperor, the master of mankind. And I can't help but feel so bad for whatever is left of him on the throne that is now stuck eternally alone, eternally in incomprehensible, but still intelligent enough to realize the only way out of this is if I full send and just become a deity, I guess. The thing I didn't want to be. I confirm whatever. I confirm the thing. I burnt my kid's art project over. <laughs> like, the Emperor's... He's a really sad figure when you get to it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. He's got a bunch of cool art. It really seems like... Man, that that seems like the life. <sighs> it's not. Listen, we have all of this art of the Emperor that just, like, in all of his glory, golden armor, sword of flame, just halo, actual halo behind his head, leading... Everybody to victory, but nobody really realizes that that's that that is mostly a ruse. That's mostly a ruse. He's just a guy. Only Malkador knew him like that. Yeah. And, oh, and Valdor. I believe Valdor says yet another thing 
yet another, oh God, I want this direct quote, but he basically says, yet another thing from the past is gone, something we're never going to get back when Malkador dies. It's... Because I figure, I figure he was saying that a lot to Malkador, considering Malkador's whole job at first was keep the things from the past from going bye-bye. Mm-hmm. It's even it's even one of the things Malkador thinks, though, again, this isn't confirmed. These are just his thoughts. Are Part of why the Emperor kept up the visage of the Emperor is it's the easiest thing for his sons to relate to, too. Because think about it from a kid's perspective. I'm very powerful. I grew up five times faster than everyone around me. I'm infinitely smarter than everyone around me. And then some regular guy says he's my dad. Now, the emperor of mankind says he's my dad. Okay, well, that makes sense. That makes I more mean, sense. Look that at makes... me. Look at me. Clearly. <laughs> and so it, it, it gets even more tragic when you consider the only family he has doesn't even really know him. And the one living relative he has, Gilliman, kind of hates him as a father. <laughs> he, Gilliman is a good enough administrator to realize he's a great figurehead, awful father. And... I think that's the real tragedy of Malkador. It shows the just how empty and isolated the emperor becomes at the very end. Because he's no longer he's no longer being seen by anybody other than the, the like we said the image he hates. He's mm-hmm. just like he's no longer whoever he was before. He's no longer. Biggie the man, he is now Biggie the Big E. Mm-hmm. And he has to play this role. Has to. He has to He has to be there and deliver miracles for sisters, otherwise everything's going to fall apart. So sure, I'm divine, I guess. Which has to be not even like just mentally tasking, but emotionally tasking as well. Mm-hmm. But um, that does wrap up the life and times of Malkador the hero. Uh, there were a bunch of fun facts I did not and could not fit into this episode because they deserve their own. Um... I mentioned a little bit about how he's got a bunch of weird relics in his office, like the Mona Lisa and stuff. <laughs> uh, I mentioned how, I mentioned him touching, uh, speaking to the emperor psychically, no matter where, no matter what. I did not really get into all the sketchy things that Malkador knew. This one definitely deserves its own episode, but moral of the story is Malkador was still human. Malkador knew way too much and needed someone to vent at. So he made a half he made a hybrid Eldar human twink that he just vent at at night. And then the thing would just take a leap every single time. And so he just kept cloning it and telling it over and over and over again. Just a vent. Because even Malkador needed something. It has a whole story in and of itself. Listen, There's a lot to Malkador. Listen, Malkador. Listen, Malkador. I'm sure with all of the ancient relics you found, you watched Rick and Morty. You could have just made a Meeseeks. Why did you specifically make a human Eldar twink? To be fair, um, he, fa- he the, the specific reason was he, when he found the Eldar, he found a kindred mind. He found something that could keep up with him. Mm. Which, think about it. That's why the Emperor valued Malkador so much. So if Malkador can keep up with the Emperor, then it stands to reason that Malkador has a hard time finding people who can keep up with him. It, yeah. And so that's why it took that specific form of a wayfish Eldar. <laughs> uh, that, that's a story in and of itself for another day. There's a lot to Malkador, so much. And part of the problem with it is it's scattered. It's in almost every book. Well, I mean, th- think about it. Think about it. Just emblematic of uh how he took his last steps all of this is like i I need to get this out now i need i write this down somewhere and i imagine it just went all over the place when Mm -hmm. they were cleaning up Mm -hmm. 
Regardless, though, that does... He just left a bunch of post-it notes all over the place. And he was, was a workaholic like, to the end. Of course his office was like that. Mm-hmm. Did you when, s- when somebody needed to come through to clean them up, they didn't know which order the post-it notes were supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. He didn't put them in chains, unfortunately. No, it reminds me of, like, Einstein's desk after he passed, where it just looks like, yeah, you definitely figured out quantum mechanics there. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely did, buddy. I believe it. There's a lot of paper present. <laughs> it, looks, it looks like... It looks like your average teenager's desk when you walk in after, like, an all-night bender. No, because there's order to it. And there's less cereal bowls, I imagine. Exactly. There's <laughs> none of that. But that does bring an end to the episode on Malkador the Hero. Uh, your options are the White Scars and the Raven Guard. So sneaky, I almost forgot there. <laughs> Make yourselves heard in the comments. And I do apologize if my voice was slightly off this episode. I'm sick. Well, the starting of the start of sick is coming. I am old. I am tired. I sit at this chair, <laughs> and I will see. I you. sit on the patent leather dining chair. Exactly. <laughs> Man, we we MacGyver. That's what we do. As always, thank you for watching, and thank you for being you.